This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello and welcome to Game Bet and Match, the tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. I'm Nigel Seeley, and it's a big week of tennis action this week in Canada. I'm delighted to say, joining me as per usual is tennis betting journalist from the UK, Mr. Sean Calvert. Sean, a big, big week this week, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Masters 1000 tennis returns to the tour. Uh, it's the first the first tournament for for a few players actually after after Wimbledon. Uh, people like Sitsipas playing their first hardcourt tournament for a little while. So, um, yeah, it's 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 an, it's, it's an interesting one. Medvedev is obviously starting in the favourite, but this draw is interesting, as we'll come to in a second. I look, I've looked at the draw. I think it's very, very hard tournament. Really, really, really hard tournament. And we're also going to mention the women's draw, which I've looked at as well in Toronto. There's two tournaments okay. this week, both in Canada. Uh, yeah. The National Bank Open in Toronto for the women and the National Bank Open in Montreal for the men. Um, before we go on to this week's um, tennis action and the bets and the picks that we've got for you, we've got a few of them in the store. Just a word on last week. We're up to number three, Sean, in the tennis download podcast in America. I can't believe it. That's pretty good. I, I think considering we've only been going for a few months and so some of these guys like the ATP Tour podcast, we're beating them. I mean, that's it's pretty impressive, I think, considering we've only been going for what? Two, three months? Yeah, I'm number five in the UK, not in the top 70 in France. So we need to wash, ah. brush up on our French a little bit to try to get into the top 50 in the it's French market. Said than done. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Bonjour, je m'appelle Nigel Seeley. <laughs> that's, that's about my... Uh, GCSE my, French. GCSE French. Sort it out. And the next bit, I would say, I will be able to tell you that I'm... Quel âge I'm 13. That's about it. That's about my French knowledge there. So I don't think we're going to be making any favours in the French. But listen, anyone who's downloaded the podcast... And anyone who keeps downloading the podcast, thank you very, very much for that. We, you know, we were absolutely shocked, and we we're honoured that we we're up there with, with, with the likes of the people we are. So, I think having eighty to one and sixty-six to one winners back to back does help a little bit. Sure, probably it? did help a bit. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. not going to happen every week, as we've said. Okay, let's before we go on to next week, um, just a little bit about last week. I mean, we bombed out on the future picks, but we were unlucky though, weren't we? I think bombed out is harsh. Well, we lost, didn't we? So I think we, it really is. Well, I know. Well, but... yeah, there's losing, there's losing, and there's losing, isn't there? I mean, you know, didn't all lose in the first round in straight sets or anything like that. But yeah, I think it was the right play. Rusevori, fifty to one. I, I, the idea was that he could be a, a rusty Herkash and then go on from there, and he did. He beat Herkash in straight sets, um, but then he got he got absolutely no luck at all with the weather. I mean, the, the problem with these five hundreds and some of these some of these masses one thousands, there's no time to. There's no downtime. If, if you miss a match or you miss half a day, then you're into playing twice a day. And the Roussevoy just got the worst of it, really, because he, he played on that really, really hot day. I don't know whether you saw it, but it was mm. it was well over 40, I think, on the court. It was They, they said the weather forecast said it was 40 in the shade, a real field of 40 in the shade. 
Um, some of the spectators were having, having a few a few problems with the heat as well. So I, I just think it's really, I, I don't understand why there's no ATP heat rule. There is in the WTA. In the WTA, you're allowed a 10-minute break between the second and third sets if it's over a certain temperature. In the ATP, it's just tough. Get on with it. Uh, Rusev already really struggled with the heat. He would have beaten Nima if it was a reasonable temperature, but it wasn't. And then we had Corder, who had to, then, then the weather changed completely, didn't it, to rain. Mm. That stopped Corder in the middle of his match, which meant that he had to play twice in the same day. He had to play two sets against Dimitrov. Then he had an hour and a half break. Then he had to come out and play against Ema, who, you know the style that Ema plays. He makes you play ball after ball after ball. And, and Corder was just too tired to do it, having played in the previous day in that heat. So we got absolutely no luck whatsoever in the, in the, with, uh, with the temperature, with the, with the schedule in there. We did have luck in the first round. Our big pick uh, was quarter, wasn't it, to beat Avashka. We both agreed on that. He got a winner there. And we had but, Nish- uh, Nishioka as well, didn't we? Yeah, Nishioka. He, he, what a performance from him. Ended up making the final. Making to the final, yeah. Incredible. You know. um, okay, let's look at this week. Um, the tournament in Montreal. It's the yeah. Bank uh, Open. What should be called? The Rogers Cup, didn't it? But it's still sort of Rogers. It's the Rogers Cup to me. Yeah, Yeah, it's always been the Rogers Cup. But um, what kind of conditions are we looking at on the courts here? You know, look look back for the previous winners in 2021. Medvedev won it. Obviously, nobody nobody played in 2022. And if you look back... That was in Toronto. So you've got to bear in mind where this tournament is being played. It's it's different. Um, And and COVID changed it as well. It it, Mm. it flipped the years around because it used to be um the last time they played actually montreal was 2019 um and it should have been 2021 but it wasn't because of covid it that that flipped things around and so the women played uh in montreal last year the, the interesting thing i think is this is the surface i had to actually email tennis canada and ask them what what surface they were using because most of the u.s open series is played on a, a lake hold uh surface um so I wasn't too sure whether, because we've not played Montreal since 2019, I wasn't sure whether it was a lake hold or a deco turf, because it used to be deco turf, which is the, the surface that they used to use for the US Open. So I emailed them, and to their credit, they got back in like five minutes and told me it was a deco turf. So it's it's still a deco turf surface, which which it was the last time it was played here uh, in 2019. It's, it's kind of a medium, medium quickish sort of pace, hardcore, around about 80% holds, I think there was here last time. Um, Tie breaks, mat, uh, tie break matches. There's been forty percent of those uh, in the last five years, so it, it, it's kind of an interesting one because the, the players that have they've been there a few days now, the likes of Alcaraz and Sitsipas, we've had and we get this a lot. We've had two players saying totally different things about the conditions. Alcaraz said it's too fast, too fast for me in a kind of jokey way, and Sitsipas said it's a bit slow. So. <laughs> So who do you believe? Um, I think it's just it's just safe in between to say neither of them. <laughs> I think it's just a medium paced core. But the, the other thing to bear in mind is is the weather. It's going to be absolutely hammering it down there if the forecast is correct over, over the sort of tonight and tomorrow and into Tuesday. It's going to be raining, so it's this, it's, it's not going to be sunny, quick conditions. It's not going to be anything like the conditions that we saw last week in Washington D.C., where it was insanely hot, and the week before in Atlanta when it was also really hot. It's only going to be about 25, 26 at the most um, in Montreal, and that's only from Wednesday onwards. So it's, I would suggest it's going to start medium, medium slow. That, that would be the, the best thing to think um, uh, about the conditions. So it's very different conditions this week to last week. Uh, uh, if you look back through the, the previous winners, it's always been won by the big names in tennis. You don't get shock results here. Um, the last shock result was here. Uh, the Romanian guy. Who yes. was what was it? What was yes. his name? 
That's a shout. What, we didn't rehearse he... this off air, by the way. You... No, Andre I haven't. Pavel. Andre Pavel, Pavel, yeah. Andre yeah, Pavel. 2001. Yeah. That was the last time that somebody un, un, unheralded, if you like, um, won it. And the, the only person since then has won it that hasn't either already won a Grand Slam or won a Grand Slam since is Zverev. Uh, and he's obviously been extremely close to winning a Grand Slam and he most probably will win in the future. So it's, it's, it's not a tournament that's won by outsiders as a general rule certainly not in the last 20 odd years anyway the problem is though sean if you look at the field there isn't any of those big players anymore <laughs> i mean it's a very very wide open field when you look at the field uh, number one seed is daniel medvedev defending champion yeah. he's at plus 260s in the top half of the draw and obviously the number two seed is alcaraz carlos alcaraz at plus 450 do you feel that now we might see these two dominating and competing finals over the next few or do you think that the gap between those and and say the number three seed this week, who is who's number three seed? Oh, seven Sitsipas. Sitsipas. Yeah. yeah, I mean, from the betting, you, you know, you would think that those two are going to clash in future finals going forward and make the new rivalry in tennis betting. Possibly, but there's, there's, there's other people coming along as well. You know, Sinner's really started to hit a bit of form now. Uh, he's beaten Alcaraz the last two times he's played in both of which were this year. Um, Sitsipas, you can't count out. Um, obviously, Nadal and Djokovic are still are still around. Obviously, they're not here this week, but. I wouldn't say it's an absolute given that Medvedev and Alcaraz are going to be contesting every final now. I think it's decent depth. I'm thinking in, in, in future years to come, obviously not now. They're, they're the two young guns coming through in the tennis world, especially Alcaraz. Uh, just, I'll just give you some outright betting on this tournament uh, with Bet Rivers. Daniel Medvedev is plus 260. Carlos Alcaraz is plus 450. Nick Kyrgios is 7-1. to one. Berrettini, 9-1. to one. Yannick Sinner, 19 to run. Rublev, my old friend, 14. Her cash mm. is 14. Sitsapas, 15. Surprising me that Sitsapas was a lot higher in the betting than a few of those others. Uh, Taylor Fritz, 17. And Auger Aliassime, Felix Auger Aliassime, uh, gunning for a uh, tournament for the Canadian hopes. He's 20. If you look at the draw, um, Medved- the, the thing that jumps off the page for me is. Medvedev gets a buy in the first round, and he looks like he's going to play Kyrgios in round two. So the favorite tournament favorite against the tournament third favorite um, is going to be a round two match. And given conditions, and you know, say out the rain and house, it could be quite so. That should suit Medvedev, shouldn't it? Um, well, he's, he's not keen on slow courts. He, he would he would prefer it quick, I think. Um, yeah, but not as not... quick as Kyrgios. I mean, Kyrgios would need it lightning quick. You've seen what he's doing here on the courts in Washington. The conditions suit him. Yeah, I, I think I think they both would like to play on a quickish court. I don't think Medvedev would like it slow, particularly. I think he'd like to take Kyrgios on on a on a quick court. Um, that's that's kind of a matter of opinion. But I mean, yeah, the, that's the first match. Uh, sorry, the first match that Medvedev will play, having come from Los Cabos, where he's just won the title against Cam Norrie, which and it's it's quite slow there in Los Cabos. It's it's that's why Cam Norrie likes it. Norrie always says that he likes playing in Los Cabos because it's slow, bouncy, and that that kind of suits his game. He's he's not a a quick court man, Norrie, generally. Um, so Medvedev's coming from different conditions. He's, and and if he, his first match is Kyrgios. The, the thing we've got to think about here is, will Kyrgios play? You know, he's, he went all the way in Atlanta, won the doubles, obviously didn't play singles. Now he's, he's played a ton of matches in Washington, some of them back-to-back, uh, in very, very hot conditions. And we know he's not, he's not got the stamina of some of these guys. He doesn't up until recently, he's been he's, he's been a part time player, really, hasn't he? So he's not he's not used to week in, week out, month in, month out kind of um, grinding on on the tour. So will his body stand up to it? That's that's one question that you've got to ask yourself. Um, but it could it could easily be the case. Kyrgios could knock out Medvedev in, in round two, and then that draw is is, is wide open. Um, the, the top half of the draw. 
I mean, personally, I I, I think I'm going to take a chance on uh, Bautista Agut in the in the top half. I think he's he's the one that could take advantage of a of an early Medvedev exit. I think because if, if Kyrgios beats Medvedev, is it how much energy is he going to have then for the rest of the tournament, having gone so deep in Washington and also done Atlanta in the, in these very hot conditions? I'm looking at Bautista in the top half. I think it might be a bit of value. I think with that, there's no doubt about it. That second quarter is probably the weakest section of the draw where Bautista finds himself in. Casper Ruud is the, the most likely person to come through that. And we know that he's pretty much done his tennis for the season with, with his run to the French Open final. Cam Norrie, obviously, in that quarter, that, that, that uh, quarter as well. He's mm. going to be absolutely shattered from playing again in, in Mexico. Uh, but I thought... Uh, Auger Aliassime, I, I thought at, at 20 to 1, obviously with the home support and obviously with uh, with that draw. I know he's, he's got to play Nishikai in the second round, he's going to be exhausted. And I, and I thought that he would be the one that I feel would come through. I thought the court conditions would give him home support, would, would like him. And he was 20 to 1. So we, we're both off the similar kind of thing, reckoning here, someone to come through that quarter number yeah. two. Um, but you're going for Batista Good. I'm going to go for Orge. It must be the double-barreled names we like. We like. I think that's must be. I just like testing you with the, with the pronunciations. That's I know. Don't, don't please. I'm getting better. I must admit. I'm, since since we started, I'm getting a lot better. Um, Orge <laughs> uh, Alias seems twenty to one for me. And for yourself, what price can you get Batista Good? Uh, I got him at sixties, but I think I think that sixty to one's probably gone a bit now. I got right. that on the opening show, so it's, I think it's probably more like 40s or 50s now. The reason I've gone for Bautista Agut instead of Felix is that um, Bautista Agut's got a really good record against Medvedev, 4-1. He's also 2-1 against Kyrgios and Edhead. So that, that I think that is, is to his advantage. The, the reason I'm, I'm not so keen on Felix is because he's not he's, he's really struggled here um, over the years. Last time he, he played, he lost a really bad one to Lajevic in the first round. He's really struggled with his nerves. He may well have overcome that now he may be you know a little bit more experienced maybe able to handle that a bit more than he has but he certainly hasn't shown anything like the form that we know he's capable of here and that can happen sometimes can't it, it can go either way with a home mm. tournament it can either really boost you or or really deflate you it's been the latter so far for felix that's not to say he can't he can't overcome that he surely will at some point Orge Alassim is the sixth seed. Batista Agut is 14th seed. Bet Rivers are a lot cautious on Batista Agut. They must have seen your column and realised what you were doing. They're only 30 to 1, uh, Batista Agut. Um, I've not mentioned it to anybody yet. So, Oh, well, half the odds, 1 2, you can get. So you can get 15 to 1 to get to the final, or 10 to 1, Orge Alassim. But we're both off the same wavelength, thinking that second quarter definitely offers some value. If you can pick the person to come out on that second quarter, you've got a good chance because Medvedev and Kyrgios will meet in the second round, which is uh, going to see a big casualty from the betting. The first or the third favourite will be not making the third round. If you look at the bottom half, Carlos Alcaraz, a very, very shrewd operator, rang me last week and said to me, um, he wants to bet Alcaraz now to win the US Open. And he was looking to get around about seven, plus 350, plus four, about four to one. Okay. Do you know what? I know he's got all the talent in the world, and I think he's, an, he's a superstar. But there's some something missing from him at the moment. I think you could get him beat at low odds rather than take him on, on rather than bet him at those kind of prices. Yeah, I mean, he he played on the clay, didn't he? In um, in Umag and Hamburg, he made the final in both of them. But you would expect him to at the price he started at. Lost to mm. your man Massetti mm-hmm. uh, in Hamburg, and then Sinner. Sinner hammered him really in that Umag final after after the first set. It's a tight first set, 
um, which Arkers won, I think, on the tiebreak, if I remember rightly. And then, and then Sinner just just rolled over him six. I think it was six one six one, wasn't it? Mm. It, it, it was it was a very heavy defeat, and he also beat him at Wimbledon as well, of course. Um, so you, you, if you're if you're in the Alcaraz camp, maybe it's just a little bit a bit jaded after after all everything he did at the start of the season, earlier in the season, the clay court swing, played a load of matches, all the pressure, everything, everyone talking about him to win, possibly winning the French Open. You know, he's not a machine. He's, it wouldn't be surprising if he's just a little bit fatigued. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, he could easily come back uh, and win the US Open. But I, th- I think that's, considering the conditions, you know, he, he said to himself, as I said to you earlier on in this podcast, he, the first thing he said was when he, when he was in Montreal, it was too fast. You know, he, he was sort of tongue in cheek slightly when he said that, but you know, I think he does mean it, and, and it, it's it's tougher for him the way that he plays. People can rush him. You can rush Alcaraz on a quicker court, and I think that's a four to one to win the US Open. That's that's too short for me. Yeah, he, well, he's plus four fifty to win this tournament, and uh, he's got he's got a relatively easy quarter. Um, he's got up against Rublev, but there are other opponents in that section the bottom half that i feel represent much better value than alcaraz at 450 and one of them is the man you mentioned there yannick sinner um probably the most improved player would you say he's getting you know he's always he's always been a talent he's always been fantastic but wimbledon he was the player to take out from his wimbledon performances the way he pushed Djokovic, the way he beat alcaraz uh in umag the way that he's conducting himself his physicality looks a little bit better than it was before he's available here at uh, nine to one uh so when you consider he's Kyrgios will play Medvedev in the second round. He's seven to one, and Sinner, who's got he's got literally no one to beat until he gets to the last sixteen, where he plays Berrettini. Um, I, I yeah, if you, you know if Berrettini gets that far, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think I think I think Sinner is looking looking quite good ahead of the um, coming into the US Open. Yeah, it's all suddenly clicked for him. It, it wasn't really happening for him earlier on this season. Um, Sinner, yeah, new coach and all this sort of stuff, and I think Cahill, Darren Cahill's come on board now, hasn't he? Um, doing a few bits and pieces with Sinner, uh, coaching wise, uh, and it's just suddenly clicked. Sometimes it does um, with with players and, and new coaching arrangements, and sometimes it just just takes a little bit of time for things to to work out. Um, and the last the last month or so, he's he's been a different player to how he was in, in the months before that. Looked great in Umag. I wasn't. I was quite surprised how how good he did look actually, um, having come from Wimbledon, taking a few weeks off, then straight onto the clay. Um, because last year he won, he won Washington DC last year, and I was slightly surprised that he didn't play Washington DC again this year. And instead, opted for Umag, but it's obviously a, a wise decision, whoever's decision that was. Uh, played great. His confidence must be absolutely at, at its peak at the moment now after playing that well against Alcaraz. Uh, he's, he is unsurprisingly my pick, um, my main pick in, in the bottom half to, to win this. The way that he's playing, um, I think I think he's the, the obvious choice to be honest. Mm. I, I, I penciled him here and I made each way claims for Auger Alessim. Uh, the other one, I was, surp- I was I was actually quite surprised that Sitsipas was 15 to 1. Um, Good record you know, here. Good yeah, record. I was I was quite surprised with that. Eight of his 11 matches, I think he's won in uh, the Canada Masters. The only thing that does worry me a little bit about Sitsipas, he's not played since, since Wimbledon. Um, and every time he's gone well in, in Canada before, he's, he's played a tournament prior. Last year he played the Olympics, I think, prior to coming to to Canada. Uh, usually he plays Washington DC. This year he hasn't played at all. Uh, I don't know whether that. 
I can take that as a positive or a negative. It might just be again just mental fatigue. Just needed a rest. Just need just just took perhaps took a break. I don't know. Um, but his record here is is really good. But obviously you've got to pick one of Sitsipas or Sinner. They're, they're they're likely to meet in um, in the quarterfinals, aren't they? Mm. So for me, I mean Sitsipas beat has has beaten Sinner quite comfortably the last couple of times he's played it. Uh, earlier on this season they played in the quarterfinals of the Australian Open and and Sitsipas won easily. Sinner just didn't turn up that day at all. He was really poor. But it's not going to continue like that. That head-to-head series isn't going to carry on that way. I think if I think this is a really good chance for Sinner to, to get one over on Sitsipas and, um, and and make the final. If you, you know, we we spoke on um, on these podcasts in the weeks and the build up towards the majors. If you think that Sinner could go all the way here, are you te- contemplating taking the big prices now on Sinner to win the US Open? I'm still not convinced about his his stamina um, in over the best of five sets over two weeks, it, it, especially somewhere like New York where it can be very very hot. I'd, I, I would be checking the weather before I had a bet on him to, to mm. win the US Open. I, I can't see him winning it over over that format in if it's really one of those stinking hot New York fortnights. I, I can't see that happening. Um, so that that would put me off backing him out right, right for the US Open at this point. But certainly Sinner is the man at uh, nine to one with Bet Rivers in the bottom half of the draw. So that's our outright picks. I've got in... another one. If you want oh, it. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> in the bottom, in the bottom half. Yeah, just an, an, a, a minimum stakes each way bet. Um, Hundred to one, I got him. He's probably going to be about sixty-six or something like that. Now uh, it's, it's Kashanov. Right. Um, he's not a player. As I'm sure you know yourself, he's not a player to trust at like five, six, seven, eight to one in 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 two fifties and five hundreds. He's very, very hard to win with. But a price like this, he he, he made the semi final. I think he made the semi finals in um in Montreal last time he played, uh, which was and last time it was held actually in 2019. Um, also played really well this time last year on the hard courts in the Olympics. Just just suddenly out of nowhere, came into the Olympics, made the final, lost his very quite heavily in the final, but played great. Um, again out of nowhere just to, to make that final and he's done it again sorry done it previously in, in Montreal 2019 I just think if if Alcaraz if there is something bothering Alcaraz or, or there's, there's, there's some sort of problem with him as you've, you've sort of mentioned he's not he's not really uh, a, a, a full Alcaraz at the moment is he and if that is the case I just think someone like Kashanov could could take advantage he, he, on, on his absolute best form on a hard court Kashanov can beat can beat Alcaraz well, he's got to be at his peak, obviously. So it is risky. It is minimum stakes each way. But I think if you are going for a a real, I know a lot of people like you know, not people don't listen to me to to tell them that the favourite is going to win. Um, I think it's it, he's probably the one for for your each way money in the bottom half if you are having a, a big price bet there. So there's four picks from us on the future market in Montreal this week. We're going to go both for green on Yannick Sinner at nine to one. He'll be our main pick for both of us. Very, very much improving. Uh, beat Alcaraz recently. Blitzed him in in, in, t- in the last two sets in Umag. And uh, we want to take Alcaraz on in that bottom section. Sean also likes uh, Kikanov at 66 to 1. Uh, that's what Price Bet Rivers are. Sean's already got the early bird, 100. He might be able to get that. But 66 to 1 is the price you can get with Bet Rivers. Remember, they're offering half the odds 1-2, which means you get 33 to 1 if he makes it through to the final. And in the top half of the draw... Bautista are good, uh, available 30 to 1 with Bet Rivers and Auger Aliasim at 20. So they're our picks. So again, 
We're looking to take on the favourites. We're looking to take on Medvedev. We're looking to take on Alcaraz. We're looking to take on Kyrgios. We're looking to take on Berrettini. The top four favourites we want to take on this week. And uh, that's what's been called, made us profitable over this on this podcast by taking some big price outsiders against vulnerable favourites. And that is yes. what the trend continues this week. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to work every week, is it? There are going to be weeks where the favourites win, obviously. Um, so, it, But every now and then it is, it is going to pay dividends. And, you know... It, it, there are, and these favourites are worth taking on. They're not. They're not Nadal's and Djokovic and Federer's at their peak, are they? You know, these these guys are beatable. Um, so I think it's definitely worth it. And when it does come off, you, you know, you got you got a lot of weeks in the bank. If you yeah, if you yeah. bet sixty six to one and uh, eighty to one shots that wins, you've got a lot of weeks of money to get go with it. I know if people have got short memories. They have got you know, <laughs> a couple of weeks where you don't get a big prize winner. You know, it's they're not they're not too happy, but. Yeah, we've got loads in the bank, absolutely loads, oh. and it's just it's it's worth it's, it's definitely worth taking these guys on. I, I I will always do it if I feel that there's an angle there, and we normally agree on the angles. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's the that second quarter is the angle I like in the top half of the draw and the bottom half of the draw. My 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 theory is to take on Alcaraz, and I think that's pretty much how you want to play this tournament. And I think the the, the lines are too short, and Alcaraz, I, I don't, I'm not convinced by him. There's something not right. I'm just I'm not convinced. I don't. I think he's burnt out, like you say. I think the expectation on him as, as a teenager is immense and uh, he's been built up so much and I think he will come good, but I think we, we may be getting a little bit carried away on these lines on him. Um, Sean, matches. Um, I've looked at these matches here today. Mm. I think it's a very hard card. Yeah, uh, it is. I think it's a really, really, really difficult card to find really huge value. Uh, there was a couple that I liked. There's one that I particularly like, um, but we'll, we'll go on to that in a second. But you, hopefully you've come to a much better conclusion than me and found some first round picks. As I, I found it very, very difficult. It is It is tough. I think it's, it, there's, there's, there's nothing that really leaps off the page at me. I've had to kind of really look pretty hard at this. Sometimes I look at a draw and, 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 and just look at the odds on the screen and I think that's too big. Mm. That's, that's not right. And and sometimes two or three kind of just jump off, and then you look further into them, look further into the stats, and then you think maybe not with that one, or and then you, you settle on one or two that you really think are, are priced a little bit off. Um, I think the one for me here is is to take Murray in some way against Fritz. Um, I don't know whether people watched the, the match last week with Fritz, but he he was another one that had to play in that insane heat in, in Washington D.C. He was just I think he was just setting three one up against Dan Evans, and then he just. He just hit the wall physically. And then after that, he came out and said oh, he hasn't really been able to train or, or play because he'd been in a boot since Wimbledon. Obviously, some sort of foot or ankle problem. Um, so all he's been able to do... I thought it was Wimbledon. a back of a car. <laughs> when he said... I think he would have said trunk, wouldn't he? I don't know, but I would have said a bit in the boot. I mean, stuck like in the back of the car. Yeah, there I you think go. that's an English phrase. Isn't oh, is it? Oh, okay. Sorry so, if it's yeah. lost. We call the boot the car boot. <laughs> it's what we call in the back. of It's a trunk for you, I'm afraid. I think it's the trunk. Um, yeah. So I assume his foot, his foot was in this boot. So he said he couldn't, he, he couldn't train. So he's obviously not been a hundred percent fit. And he, I think what was the phrase he used? He said it was definitely ambitious for him to play Washington D.C. last week. Obviously, he said all this after he. After he'd been, been he, was, he, had, he retired, didn't he? he? I think it's the first time he's, he's ever retired. You know, there are players that retire all the time. I think Fritz, that's the first time he's ever actually. Retired. I wish he was a bit more ambitious against Nadal. Well, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, Wimbledon. That I've been mean, oh, show, show, show a bit of that ambition in that game, Taylor, please. But there's a few reasons. First of all, that one, he's he's obviously not match fit at the moment. Um, the second one, as I mentioned the other week, he's never won a match in Canada. He's nil three. 
uh, at the Canada Masters. And, and, and the slow conditions, if he's got to play on Monday or Tuesday, which I presume he will have to, um, and it's not going to be the quickest, I think this gives Murray... This is, if, if Murray's at, at somewhere near his decent level, I think the price on him against Fritz in these circumstances is a bit big. We can afford to take him at uh, either plus one and a half sets. Um, I think that's about 1.75. Um, or plus three and a half games, which I think is about 1.8. So those, those are the two that I, I'm sort of thinking about at the minute. I think I think Fritz is too short, given the circumstances. So the money line is plus 205 for Andy Murray. Uh, Taylor Fritz is minus 265. The set spreads you can bet, the game spread is three and a half with Andy Murray minus 132. So Andy Murray gets a three and a half game start and Andy Murray plus one and a half sets is minus 136 so in English language it's about 8 to 11 yeah I'd line. probably take the one and a half sets um, I think I can't see Fritz winning that in straight sets against Murray in it's slowish conditions if he's going to be down okay. and he's not fit either anything else caught your attention Sean I, I kind of want to take on Berrettini as well against Carreño Buster um, but I don't know whether to do it over games. That looks handicap. a monster over games, doesn't it? That looks. Yeah. Oh, what's the line? I, 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 I reckon the line. And a half, though. I don't like the twenty-two and a half line normally. Don't you, I don't even think that's low. I, I just don't like the line. Whenever I say over twenty-two and a half, I just think would it be better to go over two and a half sets or whatever? But I think Berrettini is one of those players that he he does need matches to play his best. You know, he was unlucky, wasn't he? he wasn't able to play Wimbledon with COVID. Then he came back and played in Gestad. He was very, very fortunate not 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 to lose to Pedro Martinez, who choked a five-one lead in the tiebreak uh, to allow Berrettini to win that one. Then he, he lost in the final to Rude, and then he's been absent again since then. I, I just think this is a, a a tough ask for him to come out against someone like Karenia Buster, who we know plays well on the U.S. hard courts. We know he plays well on quick hard courts. He won Chengdu, which is one of the quickest hard courts out there. And he's been US Open semi-finals before. So he, he plays well on these hard courts. I think this is an ask and a half for Berrettini at about 1.37 to come out and, and win this in straight sets. So overs, Karenia Buster on the handicap. That's what I'm looking at here. They've met once before this year in the Australian Open. And uh, Berrettini won three. It was a tight one. He won in three sets, but seven five seven six six four. So tie break in that. Wouldn't rule out another tie break. I, th- I, thought, I, think, I think 22 and a half. Looks a nice play on the over there. Yeah, I, I, say I was undecided on how to play it, but yeah, I mean, I'm perfectly happy with that. Anything else for me? Oh. There's a few that I'm kind of thinking a little bit about. TFO, I, I'm tempted to take TFO on. He's, he's quite short against Bonzi, who's, who's a very capable player. The reason being that I just think TFO is going to be on a little bit of a downer at the minute because he, Washington is his tournament. It's, it, he keeps saying how, how he's inundated. He's, he's from there. He grew up playing tennis there. He's got. I think he said he had fifty-six tickets or something for for, for Washington, and he could have he could have given them to four hundred people that were asking him. He's, he loves that tournament. That's where he's from, and he, and the way he lost to Kyrgios five match points. I don't know whether you saw that match. Mm-hmm. Um, losing on your in your home tournament after you, after you've had five match points, that's got to be a painful. We won't get rid of the um, tickets next year. He struggled to get rid. It won't of be fifty-six next year. No, no. Been... Um, but I just I just think he might be on a bit of a downer. I think. It, it, Given the way he plays as well, he's very hot and cold, very up and down. So I think that possibly, I think over two and a half sets is an interesting bet there uh, with with TFO and um, and Bonzi. I think if TFO wins that in straight sets, I hold my hands up and say fair play to him. But I think he'll do well to do that. Okay. Anything else? I've got. I, I've, I'm going to. I've have a little bet on Alex Molcam. He's another one that I was thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to bet Alex Molcam to beat Mackenzie McDonald. 
I don't think he's. I think Bet Rivers are the best price in the industry on this game. I saw okay. it where, and I think they are plus one. Hang on, let me just get it for you. Molkem, 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 and you've got to find it. But uh, I, I, he's a got a, he's a better ranking. He's in better form. Uh, I know I know McDonald got beat by Ruzavori last week, but uh, Molkem made the semi final in Hamburg. I know it's on a different surface, but mm-hmm. uh, what well, he got beat by Alcrest, but he beat some good players going through there. Uh, you can bet him uh, on Uni on uh, Bet Rivers at plus one twenty, so six to five. Bet three, uh, yeah. So that's that's the kind of price. But I think that's um, that would be my pick, uh, Molkem to beat McDonald. Um, the thing about McDonald is he's going to be on a downer as well because he made the final at Washington DC last year, lost in the first round. He, he, I think he also pulled out the doubles with sickness uh, in Washington DC, so he's obviously not not feeling particularly well, and he's just lost a lot of ranking points as well, having having previously made the DC final. So he's not going to be in the best of spirits. Molkem <laughs> improving, so yeah. Yeah, I like that. that was the that was. The, I always look for a player that is odds against a plus money who I feel that should be probably slight favor the other way or a pick and match. That's how I sort of, and he was Particularly the one. It's going to be slow as well. If it's, if he plays on the Monday or, or the Tuesday, when it's, when it's going to be the, the slower conditions, I, I think McDonald will find it difficult to hit through Molkan there. Mm, Thank like you. If he's one. been sick as well. Right. We've pushed for time. They've only got a few minutes left, but let me just quickly go through these, these picks. So we know uh, we've got, we want to get with, uh, Andy Murray in some capacity against Taylor Fritz, an injured Taylor Fritz, pulled out, uh, injured last, retired from his match, played in the in, in, intense heat. Uh, and we think Andy Murray in slow conditions has got a chance against an, an unfit Taylor Fritz. The next bet we like, we're going to go with, uh, we're going to oppose TFO in some capacity against Bonzi, a very talented Bonzi. Uh, Francis TFO obviously just missing five match points in his home tournament uh, against Nick Kyrgios and couldn't get the job done. He must be deflated. Uh, from that, we're going to go for Alex Molkan, uh, my pick uh, to beat Mackenzie McDonald. Again, McDonald beat in the first round. Molkan coming into some good form, made the semi-finals in Hamburg in slow conditions. I like Molkan there. And there was, what was the other one? I forgot. Berrettini. The other one. Uh, Berrettini. Yeah, we want to take on Berrettini against Karina Buster. And we think the best angle is to go over 22 and a half games. Whenever these two, when usually when these two play, you can pretty much guarantee a tie break and we expect uh, those games to be long. Very, very quickly. I'm just going to go through the women's draw. It's in Toronto. Uh, Iga Shrantek, um makes her reappearance since Wimbledon. She's plus 260 favorite, the world number one. Ona Shabor is nine. Halep is 12. Uh, Corey Goff is 13, Badosa 14, Azaka 16, Rubikina, the Wimbledon champion, was beaten in the first round last week. She's 18, Sabalenka is 22. Uh, a very wide open tournament. Um, I want to take Igor Svantec on. I think that the conditions won't suit her. I think on, on, on clay, she's the girl, but I think in, uh, in faster conditions, I would uh, always want to oppose her. I know she's had a, an unbelievable winning run, but has she peaked as her season peaked? That would be a concern for me. Without a doubt, the top half where she is in her quarter, Sriontek, you've got Serena Williams, you've got Azarenka, Ozarka, Muguruza, and that's only and that's just in the in the top section. So a very, very tough section. The younger players are in the bottom half. I feel that there's more value in the bottom half than the top. And I'm going to go for two again at a big price. I'm going to go for Simona Halep. Uh, she's won this tournament in 2018 and 2016. And I think um, in, in the conditions at 12 to 1, I think she'll do well to come through the bottom half of the draw. And my other pick is a match pick. Um, last year, uh, Camilla Georgie uh, shocked everyone when she won this tournament. 
Uh, it was a big, big shot to see her win the tournament. She's got some points to defend. And in the first round, she's drawn against Emma Raducanu. And I don't understand why the Italian is the underdog for this game. Why is she plus money? I think Raducanu is definitely one to take on in the build-up to the US Open where she defends her title. And I feel that uh, Camilla Georgie, defending champion, points to defend, will beat the British girl in the first round. Uh, Sean, thank you very much as always for joining us. I'm sorry to rush you there a little bit, but uh, I can see the clock ticking. Uh, <laughs> it's been another enjoyable. Please, Dave, please, please, thank you so much for downloading the podcast. We're doing exceedingly well on the on the charts, on the downloads. Keep it going. Keep downloading from your whichever your podcast provider is. And also, please uh, follow us or, or subscribe to us on the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel. We've got some unbelievable talent on there. Really, really good shows and everything. You can follow myself and Sean and all the sports handicappers on uh, Bet Rivers at the Twitter handle because we win. Sean, thank you very much for joining us. Have a great week. Pleasure. We're back next week for another big tournament on Game Better Match. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. 